I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Dream Factory, a weekly podcast where we pit your movie ideas against our substantially superior cinematic masterpieces. The rules are simple. We can discuss as many ideas as we like, but only one can be taken to the next stage where we'll, I don't know, send them to the moon. Yeah? <laughs> Just send them to the moon, mate. I'm Joel, a man who puts the gland in gangland violence, and across from me is John, a man so neurotic that he keeps his entire receipts for the last financial year on him at all times. You never know, you never know when someone might ask you, was it you who spent that money there? Asks you for a full and thorough breakdown of 13th through 20th of May 2016. The joke is that I'm neurotic, which is true, but actually when it comes to money, I have no idea what I spent and when I spent it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Look, I'm pulling back the curtain. The truth is out. Bloody hell, mate. I don't, don't know. Don't ever pull back your curtain again. <laughs> John. Yeah. Have you got a film for me? I've got a film for you via the medium of another human being called Joe. Joe. What's Joe suggested? Parasic Park. Parasic. Parasic. Okay. You know what I'm imagining? Yeah. Straight off the bat, cats. <laughs> yeah. That's it. We've done it. So what's happened then? Cats. Dystopian future where cats don't live or exist anymore. Okay. Right. Nice. We've got a doctor. I'm immediately seeing an issue with this. Why? What's the threat? What do you mean? So Jurassic Park hinges on there being a real threat, right? And that is that dinosaurs are dangerous to men. Oh, jo- oh Joel. Call your jets for five seconds. I've got it, all right? Okay, okay. Dystopian future. He's looking. He's thinking, oh, look, you look at the... There's some excellent setup, you know, where we see the pyramids. Mm-hmm. We see through history how cats have been always there. They're very being important. depicted. Yeah. Very, very important. They're very important animals. And they've gone. Right. What and this scientist, the, they don't talk about it. Cat aids got our hands. There's, look, they just don't talk about it. All the cats are dead. All the cats are dead. Tune <laughs> uh, in the summer, that. And um, so. He wants to bring them back because he thinks maybe the world's gone to shit. And he's thinking, I don't really understand how, yeah. but maybe they were kind of helpful to society maybe in some way. Maybe the cats, yeah. Which, which, as someone who lives in a world of living cats, knows for sure they are, they are not contributing to society What's or taxes. What happens to the musical Cats? 
it's like a really sad thing. Yep. And I don't know if they meow in cats at any point, no, but they've forgotten not. how meowing nice, goes. So they go, nice. meowing. So they've, cause they've only ever seen it written down. <laughs> they're like, meowing. They can't work out what it is. Nice. Okay, good. So he finds in a tin. Right. Because like, I'm thinking, like, you know, they found it in the crystal in the, the, the mosquito. So we've got some something that's kept some of their DNA alive regardless. So a tin of whiskers. A tin of whiskers that pre had cat in it. No, the cat ate directly from the tin. What, and there's just some DNA left? Yeah, from like its tongue. All right, fine. I'm not, I'm not happy about this. Well, okay, what were you imagining was in the tin? The cat. <laughs> a tinned cat. How big is this tin? Is it like a duty-free... No, not duty-free. Uh, you know when you go to like Booker's or Costco and you get a, be- a tin of beans that's like four kilograms? <laughs> just yeah. a cat in that. Do they do those for cat food? Would be great. Right. So, well, look, that's, by the by, he manages to get some cat DNA, right? Yep. But what he didn't get right was um, you've got to have an an- another animal to incubate it. Yeah. And he gets a really fucking big animal. Such as a whale? A whale. (laughs) He incubates this cat in a whale. It's crazy. I'm not a scientist and I could have told him that was a bad idea. And then the cat comes out and it's like a fucking massive evil jaguar. Nice. It goes on a rampage. No, can't it just be a giant, giant version of a normal domestic cat? (laughs) That's better, isn't it? All right, fine. And and what he does... when it opens its mouth, it's like a whale. That's oh, so speak. that's what meows. Yeah, yeah, looks like yeah. So people like. still don't know what a meows like. <laughs> or alternatively, he accidentally makes a cat, but he does it too small, and then he's got like a growing ray, and then he accidentally breaks the button to turn it up, and it's and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. A forty foot normal cat. I like the idea of a forty foot domestic cat. I'll, yeah, I don't you, know how you've I'll, liked that idea for years now. <laughs> I was going to say, how does a whale give birth to a 40-foot domestic cat? It doesn't need to. It gives birth to a four-foot domestic kitten. Baby cat, yeah, exactly. Or kitten, as they're sometimes known, yeah. And it's causing some real havoc, but it doesn't really realise. You know, like how cats knock a little glass off a table? Yeah. He's just doing that with, like, helicopters and stuff. He just thinks he's having a romp. Yeah. But it's just killing. It's just on a murder's rampage. I've always seen it. I've always felt that cats have that potential in them. Yeah. And it ends with the scientist making a 50-foot dog. Yes! It's the only way. It's the woman who swallowed a fly. The only way to combat that cat is to create a giant dog. It's arming, it's arming teachers in American schools. You need more arms in order to combat the problem of arms. It's so obvious. So, yeah, and then the dog fights the cat. Great. <laughs> and then credits roll. We're all ready for Jurassic Park 2. <laughs> it's called Jurassic Park 2. Shit, the dog's also dangerous. So nice. they have to make a 60-foot cat. I, just, I can see where this is going. Your franchise is never-ending. I like it. Cool. Thank you. Have you got any ideas, Joel? Um, yes. This one's come in from Stephanie. All I've got is a title. Two words. Killy Elliot. <laughs> so. Yeah. It, I reckon it's very similar to the original Billy Elliot story. Yeah, so kid, mining community. Kid in the mining community loves ballet, gets into ballet, but loves murdering. And he kills his victims with a plie. That's a 
I know, it's a dance move. move. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's Billy Elliot, but whenever he's denied an opportunity, he just murders the person that denies him that opportunity <laughs> instead of sort of fighting adversity. So his dad's like, you know, you can't be a dancer. That's whatever it is, a pursuit that he says in the film. It kills his dad. <laughs> just plies him to death. And the rest of the family see it. They're like, fine, mate. You pursue this ballet dream. We're not going anywhere near you. You're like you can. You're a killer plie. You got a killer plie. Um, yeah, and he, he rises to the top. Does the Nutcracker? There's someone else auditioning for it. He gets picked ahead. Bang, dead in the changing rooms afterwards. Killy Elliot. And there's like a bit where he's dancing and he's doing the ballet and they're like, he's not the best ballet dancer, mm. but he's got a really killer plie. Nice, very good. And that's it, mate. That's Killy Elliot. That, that's all that's all that what more do you want no I think you've I think you've really fleshed out Steph's idea there's look I reckon the the serial killing in movies angle's been done to death if you'll pardon the pun I, I will pardon it I've never seen someone dance while they're doing it yeah I think you're right Killy Elliot yeah sounds like a really excellent like B movie like, re- yeah, like regardless does, yeah. of the pun and stuff it just sounds like like something I'd go if I had mates over, I was like, let's watch some real shit. Yeah. Killy Elliot. Killy Elliot. Stick it on. I'm going to talk about extending, I guess, like a universe that existed. Because I'm not sure it exists anymore. Yep. I don't know if you heard of these films. Uh, they were called uh, the Twilight series. Do you need me to explain what they were? Um, sexy vampires and sexier werewolves. You've hit the nail on the head almost, eh, Joel? Why don't we expand the sexy monster universe no sexy frankenstein sexy frankenstein am i right (laughs) Um, sexy mummy a sexy mummy don't put that into google um (laughs) or do or do do or do live your own life live your own life um all right so we've got a sexy mummy we've got a sexy frankenstein frankenstein's monster i know before you tweet us (laughs) um there's also sexy frankenstein and sexy frankenstein yes yeah everyone's sexy in this world Actually, let's go, let, no, let's, let's go with this. I like where we're going with this. Right, so Sexy Frankenstein. Yeah. The only thing that surpasses his sexiness is his biological knowledge and understanding. Then it, the then it must be bloody good biological knowledge, mate, because um, he is sexy. So fine. He's so sexy. So, uh, so Frankenstein is in... Frankenstein, let's stick with that. Frankenstein is in, he's in some sort of an accident. Right, yeah, nondescript, don't worry about it. Gloss over that, mate. In an accident. Next. And he becomes unfine. A shame. Has he kept the biological understanding, though? Absolutely. Yes. So maybe he is his own monster as well. That's a new take on it. I like that. He builds I like himself. That. He builds himself. So he's trying to build. He's He goes on. Oh, yeah. And it's a bit horror. So he goes around his high school. Mm-hmm finding the sexiest parts of all the sexy people. Nice. Kills them. Yep. Builds, rebuilds himself as the sexiest gender nondescript creature you've ever seen. I'm into that. Yeah? Yeah. And I don't know how we make mummies sexy, but maybe it's in the same high school. Yep. It's really different. That's a funny sentence, mate. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how we make mummies sexy. (laughs) Because they're all covered up. Maybe that's it, the mystery. Yeah, they you know they say like people are always like oh well, you know cover up because actually leave something to the imagination. How about leave <laughs> everything to the imagination? 
And in this really sexy monster school, they're mm-hmm. always like, I don't think the mummies are that sexy. And they're like, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sexy. Yeah, just close your eyes. Imagine it. Sexier than that. Sexier yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, it's even... Se- I know what you're imagining. It's sexier than that. Is Frankenfine the baddie, the villain, and sexy mummy... Really, mm-hmm. really horrible face. Yeah, shame. Is Sexy Mummy the white, the hero? Yeah, okay. So, obviously, because it's a sexy monster high school, we've been, we've got through this. What is more, what is most important to a sexy monster high school? Being prom king. Yeah, of course. Yeah, any high school. Like, monsters or not, yeah. I think it's the most important thing. As Brits, we assume it's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... That's how you get into Harvard. And obviously, rather than... I think people vote for it in high school. In this one, it's purely based on sexiness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's total objective sexiness. And so we've got Chad the Sexy Werewolf. Mm-hmm. He's been established. Yeah. Favourite. He's absolute favourite. The vampire would be called um, something more wishy-washy, like... Uh, Jared, yeah, Jared's probably going to be second place. Yeah, and Frankenfine was favourite. Yeah, before the accident. Yeah, and hasn't been seen. Comes to the big prom night. Yeah, the most sexy androgynous creature you've ever seen. Can't wait. People are losing their minds. They're going, yeah, oh, but we know because he's been on a murderous rampage. We don't support this. Yeah, last minute, sexy mummy. Unravels the sexiest thing you've ever seen. Oh my god! Wins homecoming. Brilliant. I love it. Credits. What were we talking about? I'm not sure, mate. <laughs> not sure, but I'm I, I'm erect. <laughs> um. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You got one? Yeah, I have, mate. I have. Right. Doc and Marty, 1985. But it all takes place in home base. You've just imagined. Back to the fuchsias. <laughs> I didn't know what you meant when you said Doc and Marty. And I was thinking, is this some sort of detective team that I didn't know about from... They're, I mean, they're, they're sort of a detective team. Time detectives. 
Right. So back to the futures. So yes, they've made the time machine using only things that you can find in a garden centre. Yeah, exactly right. Plant pots, weed killer, a gnome. Yeah. Oh, there's a gnome there. <laughs> Don't worry about the gnome. He's there. There's also a gnome at Sexy High School that always gets <laughs> overlooked. You've never seen a gnome so sexy. Yeah, uh, yeah it's such a sexy gnome, but relative to sexy yeah, vampires exactly. of course um, right so they've made a time machine out of things you'd find in a garden centre with the explicit hope and it, I reckon the actual time machine is a shed yeah and uh, with the explicit need to travel back in time to a point in that garden centre's past we've got the object we've got characters we got. We need a motive. Why? Why do they need to go back? Something in time? happened uh, to Doc in the 1970s at the garden centre, and he's been ruining it ever since, and has spent the last 40 years building this time machine. Was there a murder? No, there's been too much murder today. Yeah, a lot of murder. I think it's more harmless than that. Okay. I think maybe it's around the fuchsias. Yeah. Bang. So every year, the garden centre plays host to a competition to show off. The best things you've grown. The sexiest fuchsias you can find. The sexiest fuchsias you can find. Right? Doc thinks he's a shoo-in, because you've never seen fuchsias like this before. The curves on them, mate. <laughs> Someone else, let's call him Biff, <laughs> brings even sexier fuchsias to the competition. Yeah. And he goes on to fame and fortune. Mm. He's like Valentine Lindsay. Yeah. That's... A reference Alan, I didn't get. He's a celebrity gardener. Cool. Alan Titchmarsh. Thank you. You know, all of the other celebrity gardeners. There's, there's, I mean, there's, I'll be quite honest, there's too many to name right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's gone to Fame and Fortune, and Doc has had to sit and watch that from behind the till of uh, home base. Okay. And he's obviously devastated. And, he's, and every year since, his futures haven't grown. But we're 40 years in the future now. Fertilisers plant technology it's moved on it's come on in leaps and bounds he's going to go back 40 years provide Doc then with that fertiliser so that he can grow the better fuchsias also we're in an alternate timeline where Biff's power and money has gone to his head mm. and he's become like an evil Alan Titchmarsh if you can imagine such a thing impossible it, oh, it's difficult to imagine because yeah. he's the purest soul known to man but he's like the anti-Titchmarsh yeah yeah. <laughs> anti-Titchmarsh anti-Titchmarsh there's another film for another week <laughs> write it down write it down <laughs> So yeah, the whole aim is to go back and prevent this awful future from happening. And he's, Marty is a young 16-year-old uh, part-time sales assistant just trying to help out. trying to help. And, and no one really likes Doc anymore, but you know, if you've ever had a job, there's an old guy there, you can't get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Marty takes a bit of a shine to him. And one day he heads into the shed that's off limits. Doc's in there. He's done it. He's grown the amazing fuchsias. He turns to him and says, we got to go back, Marty. We've got to go back to the fuchsias. Everyone cheers. Seven Oscars. <laughs> but none, of them in the major, none of them in the major categories. Yeah. Special effects. Special, oh, special effects, yeah, because these fuchsias aren't, you know... Best foreign language film. Best foreign language film. Yeah. I was imagining more of a... To make Biff more of a bad character, he actually loses the first time. And so sabotage. You think in sabotage? Sabotage. He puts. He poisons the soil. And I don't know about you, Joel, but once you've poisoned the soil, it's really hard to grow fishes. You grow fishes. <laughs> fishes. Um, no. Yeah. You poison soil, and that's that's bad for about forty years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe it's just another idea. It's good. Have it's we, good. John, have you got another film? Right. 
Remember that year where uh, where Ants and a Bug's Life came out at the same time? That was, that, was, that was mad. Great time. Because they must have been years in development. Well, Bug's Life must have been years in development. I'd imagine both of them were years in development, and by the time they found out the other one existed, they were already too far into development of their own Big one time. to cancel it. And both great. B-movie. See yep. where I'm going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Animated kids film. Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I love it. Yeah? Yeah. Do we, do we need to say any more? <laughs> no. That's all. Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Oh, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Some sort of some sort of royalty, some sort of jeopardy. He turns maybe he starts off as a really arrogant fly king. Yeah. 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 And fruit, you know, and then something happens and then Such as? Because flies, you know, they live about a day. <laughs> so, that's the jo- that's really good actually, and that's the the joke is at the end like his reign was like six hours. He has to find a successor. Ooh. To carry on the fly name. Yeah. It's a pretty fly name as well. <laughs> so he has to find himself a successor. Yeah. Um, in the short time that he has to he has left to live. Yeah. Yeah. He has to find the sexiest fly. <laughs> You know Cronenberg's uh, uh, The Fly. Yep. David Cronenberg's The Fly at Sexy High School. Imagine that he's half fly, half it. man, all sexy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Take it to Hollywood. See you there. Right, John. I think we've got time for one more. Cool. Be quick. Me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've got one for you, Joel. Here's just a concept. That we can try and elaborate on. I'm, I'm hearing it. Have you seen La La Land? I've seen La La Land, yeah. La La Land. Right. Before we get on to that chat, I thought La La Land was a great film. I, I, I loved it. There was a weird like backlash that happened. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. It's the, it's the best film ever. And then people went and going, yeah, it's pretty good. And then they were like, ah, fuck it. It's the worst film I've ever seen. Yeah. It's I, really odd. It, and it happened so quick. What happens to the people in musicals who aren't singing? Is that the film title? What about Atonal Jeff? Who? There's a guy. And they're all singing. He's like, and they're like, point at him and he goes, you, you really wouldn't want to hear me. Who's not singing in a I'm musical? tone deaf. Who's not singing in a musical? Jeff. Right. So are you saying we retroactively put a character into all musicals that can't sing? Because isn't, that isn't a thing, right? Everyone in a musical can sing. Yeah. That's a conceit. So but, there just aren't any. So you say musicals exist in a world where... The Everyone can sing. To sing. Yeah. So he's like they, a, they, they, mate. They kill people that can't sing at birth. <laughs> this is even better. Some yeah. sort of twisted world in which yeah. everyone can sing. Yeah. And so, at what point you said they kill them at birth? Yeah. So what they they slap them to make them cry and they're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if the cry is not good enough, if the cry isn't pitch perfect, into the skip. But was Jeff rescued from the skip by a man in a cape who can who can't also sing? Or maybe the guy in the cape can sing really well. But he doesn't believe in murdering babies. But he doesn't believe in murdering babies. He's the only one on earth. <laughs> and so Jeff grows up in a universe where he is the only person who can't sing. President? Simon Cowell. Yeah, obviously. So President Cowell. And there's something that happens that means Cowell finds out about Jeff. Yes. Well, I think Jeff starts, he goes like, he Snowden's it. Yeah, puts it out to the wider world. This is what's happening. No one knows about the babies being murdered, apart from I don't know so. everyone. No, 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 not everyone knows about it. How it's a how big cover up. how would you give birth to a child? 
Oh, they could just say other things have happened. Complications. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. So, and Cow- um, Lord Cowell... Yeah. He... Lord Cowell has decreed that any baby born that can't sing, skip. Yeah. Right? And um, people at hospitals being paid mega bucks to let this happen. And um, one guy doesn't agree with it. Who's that guy? Are there any judges that have been kicked off? Neil Fox. He was on Pop Phoenix. Idol very shortly. <laughs> he was on Pop Idol for, for a bit. two days. He was on Pop Idol. Like Kelly Brook was on Britain's he, Got Talent. So for Neil a week. Fox um, was kicked off Pop Idol before the whole thing blew up. Before X Factor was the biggest show in the world. Yeah. So he is fuming. He gets wind of this secret ploy, but obviously Neil Fox has got a great set of lungs on him. He can sing. Don't doubt that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't so, become a, a national radio broadcaster without being able to sing. No way. That's why know. you and I haven't got the gig. <laughs> um, anyway, he rescues Jeff from a skip at his local hospital, raises him, teaches him all of the, all that's wrong with the world, uh, and Jeff goes Snowden and reveals it all. Yeah, and because Neil's... Sorry, did you say because Neil's been basically uh, sidelined from society yeah. because of the whole X Factor? Yeah. You said that? Yeah. Well, yeah. In a uh, shed, that's, that's, skip kind of yeah. way. That's right. So in this imaginary world, Neil Fox is now an outcast. He can't find work anywhere in this imaginary land. It just, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun, Joel. I'm really yep. having a great Spitballing, time. Spitballing, mate. Um, in this world, would you be trying to go to sleep and like just people on the floor below you would just be singing and dancing? No, because around 10pm it's just lullabies. So it's oh, actually a beautiful really, place to sleep. It's really lovely. And, it, and in daytime, if you're driving to work do you, and someone starts singing, do you have to stop your car and get involved? Yeah, uh, punishable on the time. by on the prison time. time if Cowell finds out. It's actually a beautiful world if you ignore all of the baby murder, <laughs> and that's that's kind of the crux of the film. Is that you're watching it thinking, but it looks all right <laughs> the whole time. Not a lot of crime, and if they are, they're kind of like friendly gentleman burglars. So it's tough, you know. It's West Side Story crime. Yeah, exactly. Lots of clicking and not a lot of blood. crime. Yeah, <laughs> lots of clicking, not much crime. So it's tough. But you know that fundamentally, morally, killing babies is wrong. You know, like you know that. You know that no matter how much the streets look like they're paved with gold. Also, the economy's built on a lie because it's the least productive world you could you could possibly imagine. It's just hi ho hi ho. It's off to work we go. But when they arrive at work, the singing continues. That's where they differ from the dwarves. You know, like when you're having an argument with someone and you just can't understand their point of view. It'd be like talking to someone from this world, and you'd be like, "Yeah, but the baby murdering. Yeah, but." Yeah, but the streets are always tidy. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult. You know? <laughs> and right. So what happens when Jeff breaks it down? I think there needs to be some sort of... Right. So so Jeff is finally... And he's got a bunch of people on his side. Mm-hmm. They're like truthers. Yeah. They can all sing excellently. Yeah. So... They record a charity single. <laughs> And what's oh, great about that? March. That's really lovely. What's, but what's great about the charity single is that Cow's the king of the charity single. <laughs> of course, single. it is. And so they use what he's best at to beat him down. And he releases a counter charity single, and there's a battle of the bands. Yep, ends in a huge battle of the bands. <laughs> there you go. And at the end of it, Jeff's band bring out loads of people that can't sing, <gasps> and they and they out of tune sing like we are we are the world we are the children like that and it's just so beautiful so Jeff what you don't realise about Jeff is even though he can't sing he can't hold a tune he's got excellent sense of rhythm yeah and so 
he starts talking to the music. Right. People are amazed because this yeah. is the alternate world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how hip hop was invented. Done. Right. <laughs> uh, Joel, we better, we better clear out because uh, look, look who's at the door. Who is it, John? Oh, it's, it's, it's Frank and Fine and Sexy Mummy. Oh. And that's the noise that they both make. <laughs> Here they are. They're here to record, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, it's a versatile studio. They can do whatever they like in here. Um, yeah, so that's the end of this episode, episode four of The Dream Factory. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Please go and find us on iTunes and leave a review. And in said review, why not leave us a film suggestion, eh? That would be an idea. That would be great. Because we've run out. We've got nothing. There's, I mean, you can probably tell we have got nothing left. We're four episodes in and we're, we're running on fumes. Anyway... <laughs> Find us on all of the social media channels. We're there. Um, And until next time, stay sexy. Hello? You right, mate? What are you up to? Hello, mate. I'm in prep. Okay, yeah. I, you've got to you've got to stop going. So Joel spends his time in two places. One is a recording studio where he makes terrible podcasts, and the other is prep where he gorges away the money that he doesn't earn. I treat prep, prep like you know how in movies you can go to an embassy and you kind of have like diplomatic immunity or whatever around like in that country. Yeah, prep's like that for me. With shame. Um. Yeah. You have shame yeah. immunity when you walk into a prep. I do. Yeah. I just feel I just, this is this is the only place I'm truly myself. So um, I was just listening to uh, episode four. I'm sure you remember it. You were there. And uh, what we didn't do is we didn't pick the best film to go to send to the moon. Oh, yeah. Uh, let, um, me, let me just uh, remind you. I mean, the listener will have literally just heard them. But for your sake, it was back to... John, we, we, we recorded that nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you still have my number? Uh, so we have Back to the Futures, uh, Sexy Monster High School... Um, we had Parasic Park, Killy Elliot, and Lord of the Flies. Which do you think would you send to the moon? I think we got the most mileage out of uh, the Monster High ones. That's going to go for me. Cool. What's your pick? No, I'm in agreement. I, I don't know. I thought Parasic Park was fun. Just merely the idea of a whale incubating a cat was fun. But I think I think Monster High School has it. Amazing. Cheers, Joe. Now, can you leave me alone? All right, bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.